Good morning, church. Merry Christmas. It's coming. It's coming. He's coming. He's coming again. Do you know that Christmas we celebrate the first coming? The first coming of Jesus. And that the celebration of Advent often begins with looking forward to the second coming. And then we focus in on the first coming. Um, And I just love that. This morning, as I was hiding in the kitchen, (laughs) getting coffee before service, I was in there all by myself. I was waiting for the Keurig to do what it does. It's holy work. And I just closed my eyes and I began to pray. And I I honestly, I just saw like this manger scene. And as we come into the presence of the Lord this morning, I imagine the quiet. When you come and I know now Jesus is not a baby anymore, okay? That's how he chose to came, to come, which I think is miraculous. It's amazing to lay down, to lay down all of that power and all of that divinity in that moment to come as the most helpless thing. The most helpless, I mean it's the most humble way that a human can come. I mean it, it's it's crazy, right? Anyway, that's mind-blowing. But the quietness as you would come into that scene. And I just felt the Lord, Janet prayed for me this morning and I was talking with Jane and Kathy just about the season, the festivities and all of those wonderful things, but how you are pulled in all the different directions. And I just felt the Lord say, come, come. And there was just a quiet that came over me that I'm so thankful for because I haven't really been able to find it all week. And just in that moment, he just beckoned me to come, come in the quiet and let me fill you. So I'm excited to worship this morning. I'm excited to come and to worship the King this morning. Amen. Well, stand with me, church. I'm going to do a call to worship out of Luke chapter two. I'm going to read a couple verses here as we get ready to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It says in Luke 2, starting in verse 8, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly, church, and suddenly, what we're going to do this morning, suddenly there was an angel of multitudes of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So Jesus, we worship you today. We thank you for your birth. Father, we welcome you here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here today. Lord, we give you honor and praise and glory today. We turn our hearts and our minds to you, Father. And we come before you to worship you. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Let's worship. Father, we thank you for the wonders of your 
body broken, his blood shed for each and every one of us. We also remember his resurrection this morning too. His whole life is that resurrection to the cross, but only one, only one rose from the grave for you and for me. So Jesus, we just come before you today. We thank you.
It's not just about money. It's not just joy. It's not limited. It's everything. Okay, lastly, kids' ministry. Nursery is open for babies zero to three. Our littles' ministry is open for ages four, five, and six. Ages seven to seventh grade, over in Kid Corner, we have sermon notes where you can doodle or you can listen to the sermon, um, take notes. There's books you can borrow. Parents, those are good. some good Christian books that you're not going to see at the library. So if you want to peruse them before church, after church, um, it's a great place to kind of be able to test drive some really beautiful Christian books in case you want to buy some for your Christmas presents or whatever. Um, we don't sell them. We don't have to go on Amazon. But um, I wanted to create that so that you have availability for those books because they're not going to be at the library. And then we have the kid corner bags. So let's take a break. Let's greet one another and then we'll come back together for the word. Good morning. <sighs> it's announcement time. The most wonderful time of the year. Just kidding. It's not the most wonderful time. All right. Uh, just a few announcements. First one, the Luciano group, which usually meets on the third Sunday of the month, which is this Sunday, today, um, is going to be canceled for tonight, and we'll pick back up in January. So it gives everybody a chance to be with families and, and celebrate the season. Um, the Carter group, which is happening on Tuesday, is still happening at 6.30 p.m. at their house. If you need, uh, want directions to go to their group, um, just give us a call at the church, and we can give you their address. But that group is going to happen. And also, uh, Women to Women, which will happen, would have happened next week, correct? Uh, women to Women is going to be canceled, and then we'll pick back up in January on second and fourth Wednesdays at 6 p.m. And then the last announcement is Christmas Eve service. So how many of you are, how many of you are excited for that? I am very excited. It reminds me of when I grew up, because when I grew up, as a little boy, we went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And, um, but I remember, it brings, it's nostalgic to go to church in the morning and come back. So we're going to have Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. like normal. And then we're going to come back here for 6 p.m. and have our Christmas Eve candlelight service. And then we will have some light refreshments afterwards. So that will be very fun and exciting. Put that on your calendars for next Sunday. All right. Um, one more announcement. Please come forward, Pastor Jason and Pastor Liz. So, how many of you guys love these guys? I, I love them. We love you, and we support you, and we're so thankful for the gift that you are and for the gift that God has given you to lead us. And um, so, we just want to tell you that we love you. There's a card, and very special gift for you guys, which I was excited to give you. We all were, and um, we love you very much. So Merry Christmas. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Every year we come up here, and every year you guys bless us um, and love on us in this way, and we honestly appreciate it, but we appreciate this church family. Like, there's... It's you guys. If you look around, this is, this is our church family. Um, and your prayers. So like when Janet stops me, it's like, I pray for you every day. We feel that. We have grown so much. One, if you have been here since the beginning of the Jason and Liz Ackerman era of pastoral leadership, you deserve a round of applause. Okay? Give yourselves a round of applause. Because, I mean, what that means, when we stepped into leadership in 2018, there was a lot of growth and learning. There was a massive learning curve. I mean, more for him. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> no, it really was for both of us in different ways. But if you've been here from the beginning, that means that you were gracious. It means that you made space. It means that you were forgiving. It means that you made space for people to grow. And that, I remember we were in a leadership prayer meeting. Pastor Andy, <laughs> y'all should give it Pastor Andy a hug because I'm not sure we would be here if it wasn't for Pastor Andy. And I, I don't say that lightly. Um, uh, but Pastor Andy and Sid were in the meeting and I remember praying and I just got so emotional and I just was like, 
I didn't slam my fist down, but I almost did. And I was like, God, if you aren't in this, if there is not grace flowing out of this body of believers for the people who need it the most, then I won't be a part of it. I can't, I can't show up if there is not space for my imperfection, if there's not room for my journey. If I have to be perfect on the outside and just struggle silently, I can't be a part of that. It won't work. So if you've been here from the start, you are here because that's who we are. That's who we are. It is not perfection on the outside. It's not the perfect little family. Um, It's not the perfect little home or the perfect little Christmas. It's that we don't give up and that we don't give in. And that, honestly, we love to kick the devil in the teeth. I do. I do. Um, And that's just who we are. So thank you. Thank you for loving us. In this way, this blesses us. Um, I mean, we have eight kids. This blesses us at Christmas time. Um, uh, but thank you for your prayers and for your support um, and just for loving us and giving us space. Anything? Uh, I got this. Do you want me to stay or go? Uh, well, just, again, just as, as, she, as she said. Smooth. I do. We love you guys. Yeah, that was real smooth. smooth. Smooth transition there. You see, that was planned. Uh, it was on the cue sheet. Have <laughs> Pastor Jason awkwardly look at his wife and then confuse pause, her. confuse her, have her walk halfway down the steps and come back up. Okay, okay, anyway, but we do thank you. We love you guys, uh, and we pray for you guys often we as do. well in our hearts and our prayers, and I know um, it just we love you guys. That's all. Okay. We love you. All right, that's it. Now I'm done. Okay. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, we're going to uh, continue to worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings. Uh, I do have one last joke. Remember I told you I'd give you three jokes. I'm not usually a joke-type person, but I do have one more joke. We had the Jesus and the chains joke. Uh, we had the why was Satan a serpent joke last week. And this is the last joke I'm doing for a while, okay? But here it is. My kids love these, and I got them from them, so they get all the credit. What was Boaz's personality before he was married? He was ruthless. Okay, yeah, okay. For those biblical scholars, Boaz married Ruth, and of course he was ruthless before he was married. Okay, enough on that. Uh, let me just give a scripture here on our, on our giving, uh, and I'll up- update you guys on the mice uh, in the house story, which I get a lot of questions about that, on how is it going taking care of those mice that are in your house. Okay, Philippians 4.19 says this, and my God, church, my God, your God, shall supply all your needs according to his riches, not our bank accounts, not our jobs, not whatever, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever, amen. Amen, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for, we just thank you that you are a giving God, that every good and perfect gift is from you. And Father, we just give back to you a portion um, of everything that you've given to us. And we want to honor you and praise you with that. And Father, as we talk about, actually about giving in this season of giving today, Lord, uh, that you would just bless this message and the words that you have for us today. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, open your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 6. Um, and... For those that are new, uh, we're doing uh, something called the Sermon on the Mount, and we've been doing this for many weeks. We've been going kind of verse by verse, scripture by scripture. We got all the way through Matthew 5, and now we're beginning on Matthew chapter 6. And believe it or not, how the Holy Spirit would work all this out is this passage of scripture is about giving. Right during the season of giving at Christmas, and we did not plan this ahead of time. We don't have some fancy calendar that actually ends, has us ending different verses on different times. Uh, so I'm really excited to share out of Matthew 6. Uh, but real quick, let me give you the mouse update, okay? So if you were here last week, you know that I had some challenges with mice in my house. We have an old house. We, we've had mice in the past, but the typical little you know, wooden traps with a little bit of peanut butter has taken care of them normally. This year, completely different. This year, they have haunted me and taunted me. 
Uh, they have eaten all of the peanut butter off the traps and laughed at me because the traps wouldn't come off. I believe that they were multiplying because we would see them. Like, it was just, this is absolutely crazy. So I do appreciate all of the feedback from last Sunday that you guys gave me about different ways to poison them and to take care of them. I do appreciate all that. But let me tell you the testimony in this whole thing, because there is a testimony. We were talking about how do we love our enemies last week, and we were kind of laughing about that, that these mice were my enemy, and I planned not to love them, uh, but to take care of them. And so I felt, really, with all of the issues that we have in our lives, how many know that God cares about them? God cared that there were mice in my house and that it was annoying me on a very, very deep level. And so I actually took it to the Lord. Like, I was trying all of my things. I was doing the traps. I was doing this. I was, I was trying all of the things. And the Lord really had led me to this electronic trap that we had. And I said, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And he told me, go to Lowe's and buy more of those electronic traps. Literally. I mean, he literally, like t- I mean, not audibly, but he said, go get more of those traps. That's what's going to work in your house. And so I went and I bought them, and I got more, and I started catching them. Boom, 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 boom. I was catching mice like crap, a lot of them. I was catching all these mice, and I woke up on Wednesday morning, and I said, this is enough. Because earlier that day, maybe it was Tuesday, one of the mice came out while I was in a meeting in the other room on Zoom, and it just ran into the kitchen. It was like laughing at my kids. <laughs> It would just run around. It went to try to drink water out of the dog bowl. Didn't care that there were dogs there. Didn't care that there were people there. It was just like, whatever, look at me. Those traps aren't working. And that was it. I was like, you know what? In the name of Jesus, I'm not kidding. In the name of Jesus, I'm taking authority. This is my home, and these things have to go in Jesus' name. And so I just prayed that. I set the traps, and I said, today's the day. Wednesday is the day there will be no more. I will take care of all of them in Jesus' name. And wouldn't you know it? On Wednesday, by the Wednesday night, by Thursday morning, I, don't, I haven't caught another mouse with all my traps, which means they are gone in Jesus' name. So yes, we thank the Lord for that because he led me to, on what trap to get that would be effective. And really it was a reminder of the believer's authority that we do have in Christ Jesus. Say, no, 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 no. I don't have to live with this. I don't have to accept this. These do not belong here, and they have to go in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, yeah, and there was other things that the leaves got cleaned up, which is going to help as well. So all the things, how many, God is faithful, and he loves us, and he cares about every issue in your life. That's the point. And he loves you guys, and he cares about you guys. Okay, Matthew 6, verse 1. Here we go. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound the trumpet, look at me, before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand Know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be done in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. What a passage of Scripture that we want to get into today. And I will tell you that the Lord has spoken... Look, the Bible talks a lot about money and finances and giving and all of those things. And so I, we don't, as you know, we don't shy away from discussing that and talking about that. And this is, of course, the season of giving. And it's not just about giving money, but giving of our time and our efforts and volunteering and doing all these things. But I just want you to share that God cares about your financial situation. God cares about your financial situation. And we're, in this passage of Scripture, we're going to talk, it's a little bit about giving, but I want you to know that when we, I know some of you know this story, but when we, when we left GE, and I had a very, very good job at GE uh, when I left, and I mean, I, we made a lot of money at GE, and it was just like, man, like, Lord, I just don't know, I just don't know, I just don't know. And the Lord just really resonated with both of us in our hearts, and he said, don't worry about money. And he really basically said, you will lack no good thing. 
And what he was saying is that I did not, we as a family, we did not have to rely on GE or Wabtec now. We did not have to rely on that job. I didn't have to rely on anything of this world that God knew what he was asking us to go do and that he would take care of us. And he wanted us and he wanted us to trust in him and who he was and his goodness and his faithfulness, even in our finances and in every area of our life. And so he would remind me, and this is what I love about the Lord, is he reminds us over and over of words that he's given us. He has told us many times, don't worry about money. He, I mean, I would just be like praying and walking and be like, do I feel the Lord say, Jason, don't worry about money? Jason, don't worry about money. And then there would be times where, man, I am, because you all know you get there, right? You start worrying about that one thing that you have a tendency to worry about, and you're worrying and worrying. And I just, I couldn't get my mind, I couldn't get myself to stop worrying. And so the Lord was like, well, I'm working on you, but it's not working. I'm going to send someone to encourage you. And literally that day out of nowhere, Ryan Dimo, I believe he's actually AJ's dad, I believe he's in the nursery serving today. He sends me a text out of the blue that says this, don't worry about money. I was like, What? <laughs> How did he say, what? I haven't talked to Ryan in like three weeks. I don't think I've ever even told him the story about the Lord saying, don't worry about money. But that's how good our God is. That he cares about us so much that he's like, you know what? My son or my daughter is having some challenges. And he sent somebody else in his family to go ahead and encourage me. And I want to encourage you this morning. All right, let's look at verse one. We're going to just break these verses down quickly. And I got a few takeaways for us this morning. It says in verse one, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from, the, from your Father in heaven. So interestingly enough, I, go, I mean, that makes sense. Okay, you know, we're not going to sound the trumpet and all these things. But there has to be a reward here, right? Because if you do it and you announce it and you show it, it's saying that there is no reward. But what I'm saying is here is that the way God is... God and Jesus is saying this during the Sermon on the Mount. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven, which means there is a reward available from our Father in heaven. Right? So if this is true, then the opposite has to be true, is that there is a reward. And what is that reward? Is that his increase and anointing on that giving. That is truly the reward. It's his ability, as Pastor Liz was saying, his ability to multiply, to do above and beyond what we could ever think or imagine. How does it work? I don't know. It's a God principle. It's a promise in the Bible, and I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to stand on it, I'm going to believe in it, and I'm going to trust him in it. That that reward from our Father is an increase in anointing on that giving. That when we give, that he is able to multiply not only that giving, but what we have maintained as well. Therefore, when you do, verse 2, a charitable deed, do not sound the trumpet before you as hypocrites do in the synagogues, in the streets, that they may have glory from men. So people, they were, they were looking for glory on their giving. Hey, look at me, look at me. Put my name on the building. You know, I don't know what they were saying. Like they were doing the things, right? As we can see them even today. Assuredly, I say to you, they already have their reward. Woo! So when we do it openly and we want the trumpets to sound, we want everybody to see what we're giving and what we're doing, the Bible says that we're actually blocking the blessing and the reward from the Lord. And we have our reward, which is a pat on the back from men. And guess guess about how long that lasts. About five seconds. Because our flesh says, ooh, I need another pat on the back. Ooh, give me another pat on the back. Whatever it is for, right? When we are looking to please man versus to please God, it's just like, it's a little bit of like that drug, like, ooh, give me some more of that. Ooh, I like that. I like that notoriety. Ooh, I like, ooh, that feels good. And you begin to do that. But what the Lord is saying is don't do it that way. You already have your reward when you do it that way. Verse 3, but when you do a charitable deed, Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and that your father, listen to this, who sees in secret. God the Father sees everything. Let that settle in just for a minute. As you're in your car, as you're somewhere by yourself, no no matter what's going on or where you're at, God sees you. 
And he loves you no matter what's going on, no matter the situation, no matter, no matter if you are bound up in change and you're, and you're in the midst of a sin, he sees you and he still loves you. Mm. And even if you think you've kept it from everyone and like, ooh, I'm just doing this in secret, and nobody, God sees it on that side, but God also sees it on the positive side as well. When no one might see that you went over to your neighbor and you gave them something. No one might see that you went and cut their grass. No one might see all the list of things you can do to bless someone else. God sees each and every one of them. And the whole point of this whole Sermon on the Mount is here's what God truly sees, is our heart. And this is a great example. And when our heart is turned towards pleasing men, we want to let everybody know what we've done. When our heart is turned towards pleasing God, we say it doesn't matter who knows. It doesn't matter who knows at all. Verse 3 then says, but when you do a charitable need, don't you let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. It says that the Father sees in secret. Go ahead and put that point up there. The Father sees, He sees all things. He knows all things. We don't have to promote ourselves. He is the one who does the promoting. Our Father then, not only does He see in secret, but He then rewards openly. Isn't that a wonderful blessing? And the reason why I believe that God orchestrates things this way is so that who can get the glory? That's right. Not me. Not us. It's so that he gets the glory. When we do something in secret and he rewards openly, we just stand before and say, look what the Lord has done. You know, remember that song? Look what the Lord has done. I'm not going to sing it. Everyone's laughing. They think I'm going to start getting into a dance and sing it. No, I'm not going to sing it. You don't want me to do that. Do it. Do it. He took my body, he saved my body. Okay, no, I'm not going to do it. Okay. The Father sees in secret, and our Father rewards openly. And so what do we give for? What is the reason why we give? Truly, I believe at the end of the day, we give to see God's kingdom grow. We really, that, I mean, that is really, we don't give to get. We don't get, give so that we can receive. We don't give so that, ooh, we're going to get a hundredfold back. There's the only reason why we give is because we are trusting in God. We are being obedient to his word. And we want to give to see God's kingdom grow. Yes, it may pay for the electric. Yes, it may pay to help get this carpet bound and the list of things that Pastor Liz was saying earlier. And it may help pay for the staff that's here. But ultimately, that giving is not so that we can come and just be comfortable in these seats every Sunday. Mm. That giving is given so that we can see God's kingdom advance. To see more babies reached, more teenagers reached, more families reached, more people that are even uh, uh, widowed reached. To see more and more people come into the kingdom of God. And I don't know how long we have left. Nobody knows the time frame. It feels like everything's amping up, and they probably felt that 100 years ago too. But what I'm saying is we don't know the time, but our goal here as a church and as a family is to see God's kingdom grow to see our lives transformed, to see the lost saved, to see the sick healed, and to see families thriving. It's what we want to see. So why do we give? Why do we give? And maybe a better question is why should we give? But why do we give? Number one is we give because he gave. We give because God gave. He gave to us. He gave to us his only begotten son, Church, he gave to us. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from where? From above, from our Father. Look at this verse, John 3, 16. You all know it, but hey, we're in the Christmas season, so let's read it. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. God gave. He's a giving God. And so why should we give? Because God gave first. He gives us our life. He gives us our breath. Our family, God, is a giving God. The second reason why we give is we give because of Jesus. 
We give because of Jesus. What do we mean by this? I want to read just a passage of Scripture here out of Matthew chapter 2, which is talking about the wise men or the magi and their travels to see Jesus. Matthew 2, verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. They haven't even seen Jesus yet, but they knew what it meant. They knew what the star meant. They understood that what was happening and what was transpiring in history would change the world forever. And they saw that star and they began to worship with exceedingly great joy. Think about that. That's not like a little bit of joy. Joy to the world. You know, I don't know who was singing this morning like this. Maybe I was a little bit. When I first started this morning, I admit I was doing a little joy to the world. Are people clapping or not clapping? I don't know. Are we supposed to be clapping? Right? Was everybody in that with me this morning? Like, half the people are clapping, not everyone's clapping. Should I lead and clap? What are we doing? Like, I'm totally distracted. But look at this. This was exceedingly great joy. They were worth, they were like, oh my goodness, the star. They are jumping up and down. They're spinning around. I don't know what kind of dance they were doing. I mean, there's lots of dances on TikTok and stuff that I could probably start doing up here. I'm not going to do any of those dances. But what, the, what were they doing? They were so excited that they were just worshiping. Like, there's the star. The sun is here. He's born. This changes everything. We give because of Jesus, because Jesus changes everything. He changed everything, the whole world. All of eternity changed. Verse 11, and when they had come into the house, so I'm imagining their their trip there, I mean, they're just kind of beatboxing all the way down. They probably don't have a lot of instruments, so maybe they're doing some beatboxing like pentatonics or something, like they're working their Christmas music in. Although there probably wasn't a lot of Christmas songs yet that were penned yet. But so they're doing their thing, and then they get there to the house, and they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. The moment they saw, they fell down and worshiped him. Think about that scene for a second. That they, they saw the star, they knew what it was. They were making their trip, and they were just exceedingly great joy. They're dancing and running, but the moment that they walked in, it didn't say they had a dance party. It didn't say that the trumpets begin to go, and that, what did it say that happened? They fell down. And there's a different spirit of worship here. There's one, there was an excitement, but this was a reverence and an awe for the baby Jesus who they understood came to change the world. And the moment the moment that they saw that baby, they could do nothing but fall down and worship him. And their response here in the next verse is exactly the reason why I said that we give because of Jesus. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Our response to Jesus is to fall down and to worship him. And then just to say, Jesus, here it is. I give you my best. I give you all that I have. If it's just that little bit of joy that I have, that's all I have today. But I'm giving it all to you. We give because of Jesus' life. And it's interesting, these symbolic gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, each one of those actually has some symbolism in it. I'm not going to get into all the details behind that symbolism. But gold was used in that day to honor kings. To honor kings. So what they did is they came and they gave and they said, here's gold. We honor you as king. This baby. And they brought frankincense, which was used actually as a fragrance in the temple, which meant they came and say, we're honoring you not just as king Jesus, but also as the priest. The high priest from heaven. 
And then they also brought myrrh, which was an anointing oil at the time, which was used to anoint prophets and those who came with God's word. And they show they were representing this saying, this is God's word. He is the actual flesh and blood, the impartation of God himself. So not only is he king, not only is he priest, but he is also the great prophet. And we want to anoint this baby as those three things. Wow. We give because of Jesus. The next one is, is we give because we are blessed, church. Because Jesus paved the way for us to be part of the Abrahamic covenant, and I'm not going to get into that today and all the details behind it, but Jesus paved the way so that we can be in his family, so we can be grafted in, even though we are not part of Israel or we're not Jewish people, but we are now grafted in, and look at the, the New Testament, we read through it, but we are now part of the Abrahamic covenant that will, now we are blessed. And because we are blessed, because of what Jesus' life did and because of who Jesus was and how we were grafted and now we are adopted into this family of God, I have to give. <laughs> it's, a, it's a blessing to give. The Bible says, actually, it talks about in Acts 20, it says, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's a principle of God. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And the last one, uh, Sid, if you want to come up, is we give because we trust God. And it's interesting is, like we, and God knows our heart. So the question is, is where is your heart today? Do you trust God in every area of your life? And there's areas where we trust him more. There's areas where we trust him less. Maybe it's less. Maybe it's with our spouse or our relationships. Or maybe it's with our kids. Maybe it's our finances. And there's a lot of different areas of our life. But this is what the Bible says. And we read this during our offering. It says, And my God shall supply all your need. Are you going to stand on that? Will you stand on that with me? It says that my God will supply all my need. Which means not only will he supply it, but he knows what the need is. And a lot of times we pray for a need to be met, and it's not met exactly the way we think it should have been met. And we're like, God, what's going on with that? But if I'm standing on this verse, it means that I'm trusting in God and how he decides to provide, how he decides to meet that need, I'm going to trust in him and say, thank you, Lord, you are meeting the needs. Because it says that he shall meet those needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. To me, it feels like this is like, you know, our heart is there, but this is beginning to transform our mind to say, you know what? God, I trust you in my heart, but I am trusting you even in my thoughts and in my mind, and I am going forward and saying, God, I trust you. We give because we trust him. So close your eyes this morning. My question to you is, do you trust him today? trust him today do you recognize and see by the grace of the Holy Spirit this morning of what Jesus' life really meant that we serve and we're part of a family of a giving God and that Jesus gave his life that he laid down his life for us serve a God who is a giving and faithful God. Church, I want us to know, Lord, and I just pray that you would reveal to us today that we are blessed. We are blessed beyond we can even understand. And it may not feel that way all the time, Lord, but that we would recognize and see your blessing in every area of our life. I pray that you would help us to trust you not just in this season but even as we get into 2024 next year Lord that we would just trust you in every area of our life and Jesus right now we invite you in to our circumstances we invite you into our time 
our money, our finances, our relationships, the upcoming Christmas parties, the relatives we're not so sure we want to go see. We invite you in to make way, to make space, to make room, to do what you want to do in our lives. That you would give us the strength and the power to stand on your word. And I want to declare some things over your lives from a financial perspective. And I'm going to speak them as a declaration. I want you to receive them this morning. As we exit this year, as we go into next year, I want you to just receive these today. It says, Abraham's blessing belongs to me. Abundance and prosperity are God's will for my life. So I call myself debt-free in Jesus' name. We declare our mortgages, cars, and debts are paid off. God's favor and blessing are active and operating in every area of our lives. Everything that we do will prosper. The wisdom of God will help us to make sound decisions. We are blessed and we are highly favored among men. My God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. He is the Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. Our job is not our source. Our credit cards, our relatives are not our source. But God is our source and supply. And I trust in him. And I refuse to worry about my financial situation. I will not care about money. I will not fall into temptation over fear or anxiety or any care. I cast my cares over to you, Lord, and you will take care of them. And Lord, as we approach Christmas, we seek first your kingdom. And thank you, Lord, that your word says that everything will be added unto us. we delight ourselves in you, Lord, and we thank you that you give the desires of our heart. So, Lord, we just stand on those promises, on those declarations based on your word today. We receive them today, Father. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory for them. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Well, guys, as we close today, couple important things. Number one, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you've never invited him truly into your life, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. We'll have prayer teams that are going to be up here on either side of the the altar up here. And they will be able to pray with you. Whatever it is that you have, maybe you've already accepted Jesus and there's something in your life you say, you know what, I just need someone to stand and agree with me. They'll pray with you this morning. And I'll say this, I'm so looking forward to next Sunday. Y'all heard my little lamenting from last year, last week. I I would just encourage you, come out, I mean, come out morning and night. I know it's busy, I know it's Christmas Eve, but we are going to have a whole lot of fun next Sunday. We're going to worship the King. We're going to enjoy some refreshments and time of fellowship together. But I'm just looking forward to just being together with our friends and family. Amen. Amen. Let me just say, uh, close with this, a benediction. I don't normally, I usually do a scripture. I'm going to do a little uh, poem that I have found. It says, may you be filled with the wonder of Mary the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the termination 
of the Magi and the peace of the Christ child. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we bless you now and forever. Amen and amen. All right, we love you guys. Have a great Christmas week. We'll see you in a couple days.